It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. This week's episode of Screen Talk is sponsored by Amazon Studios, presenting Cold War. Now nominated for three Academy Awards, including Best Foreign Language Film, Best Director, Pavel Pawlikowski, and Best Cinematography, Lucas Zoll. Named Best Foreign Language Film by the National Board of Review in the New York Film Critics Circle, Cold War, for your consideration. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Executive Editor and Chief Critic. Joined as always by Ann Thompson, our editor at large. And Ann, we're almost to the finish line for award season, and you'd think we'd be talking about the same stuff over and over again, but new stuff keeps coming along that's worth digging into just this week. Uh, it seemed like we kind of knew what the situation was with Oscar wins that would not be telecast with the Best Editing Oscar, Best Cinematography Oscar, and the Best Live Action Short Film Oscar, creating this huge uproar in the industry. But now... Uh, frankly, I don't know what to believe. Is it airing? Is it not airing? Are they airing tiny snippets? Are we just supposed to watch the thing on a live stream just to make sure you catch the whole deal? Because a lot of confusion has unfolded in the last couple of days here. It's funny. There's this, um, our box office uh, writer, um, editor, uh, Tom Brueggemann, came up with this theory that they're act that, that one of the reasons that they came up with, first of all, one of the things that they've done that, that has galvanized everybody is, is, is they've gone with two very important categories, cinematography and editing. And obviously uh, the Academy president, John Bailey um, is, you know, trying to lead the charge, trying to save the Oscars, trying to serve, a lot of different masters at the same time. There's the Academy membership who are part of the film industry. This is one of the reasons the Academy Awards are actually taken seriously is because these people are the best you know, uh, in their fields and they're respected, a lot of them. And then you have the, and they're crying foul because it means that they're getting second class status for these categories. They're not live, they're not the full thing. And then there are a lot of, and, and ABC is putting pressure because the ratings were so low last year that they want more viewers and they want to bring in more people. That's why they wanted to go with Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart was, you know, fulfilled. They also went to, um, I love the idea that they went to the, to the two stars of, of, of Jumanji. <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson was their first choice. So that tells you what they're looking for. They're looking for somebody mainstream with a big following around the world really also somebody who might tune into the oscars who really doesn't care that the oscars are happening but might want to watch this particular person yeah yeah and 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 but i think that i think that um the academy is is sort of i don't know i feel like they've been woefully inadequate to the task of what they had to achieve here which is to make these changes and somehow persuade everybody that they were good changes. Well, there's no question that it's been a PR crisis and the messaging has been all mucked up, but that's kind of what I'm trying to get to the bottom of here, which is what are we actually going to see when these awards air? It sounds like what they're saying is they will air these awards, and if 
the winners speak for 90 seconds or less, it'll be business as usual. But if they don't, they'll just go to commercial break, which is not how it was originally. No, 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 no. That's not right. That's not right. That's not well, that's, I mean, it seems to be what Donna Gigliotti is, is She's saying that at the Academy Great. lunch, at the Academy lunch, she basically told everybody that they had to have, that they had 90 minutes, 90 seconds to get to the, you know, they have X amount of time to get from their seat to the stage to give their speech before 45 seconds. Once they get to the mic, they have 90 seconds altogether. They have if to you trip, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. Well, that'll be a good moment. Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence had a good moment, but um, and a widely repeated one. But if you if you go over, you're gonna be, you know, uh, music, the music will play uh, like you know, the usual. What's going on with the um, four craft categories that are going to be given out during the commercial breaks is that they too have 90 seconds. And if they stay within their 90 seconds, she's saying this is new today that they will get the, they will get their full speech onto the broadcast that they're not going to be slighted in some way. And, and she's saying there, the whole point of this was to cut the part where you follow them all the way up the aisle. And now some people have said, but you're going to miss the applause and you're going to miss the feeling in the room. And, and if it's late, if it's later in the broadcast, you're going to miss that sense of, you know, that early in the broadcast, if there's an editing award, it's a sign of what might win best picture. And everybody's excited about that. Um, you know, I want to see how it works. I'm willing, I am willing to let them see how it works. But I get what they're doing. The problem is that what happened on social media was, was extraordinarily destructive because a lot of people got it wrong. Well, and yeah, what else did you do about social media? It built, and then what's, you know, Bailey, who hates social media and doesn't care about the press. And a former cinema, a, a cinematographer. He went after them. So here's the problem when you have a cinematographer who's the head of the uh, academy who doesn't get press. You know, he makes mistakes about how to message, as you say. But the other thing about this that I think is kind of, confounding is if you're going to try something which is going to be perceived as a fairly radical change to a broadcast that's had the same formula more or less in, in the sense that all the awards are aired why take the on i mean they, they're saying that these are the these are the groups of the academy that volunteered to have their awards cut but cinematography and editing are such flashpoints because they're very prominent cinematic elements as opposed That's to why they got killed and when you know someone like Guillermo del Toro or someone like Quaron and both of them by the way have enormous Twitter feeds you know they they are followed by a lot of people so it reached a lot of people and then Russell Crowe who has millions of followers was like how could they cut these things from the broadcast which isn't what's happening they're not being cut from the broadcast but this is what gets per traded. And but even so, if you're going to single something out for a different treatment in the broadcast, you don't hear the same outcry over the makeup. No, hardly. well, some people so, are upset about the makeup, but why but, uh, cinematography and like, short, you know, are not, are not. I mean, the shorts, short. I think that's, that's. They could have done the shorts, but then they really would have been guilty of, of just assigning this group of, of, 
of candy. What they're what they what they thought they were doing was taking two of the most important ones and saying they were willing to do it to them as well as the less important ones. Yeah, but they I mean, that was the right thing to do. Maybe that's you know in one of the and it's seven- also Bailey is a cinematographer and his wife Carol Littleton is an editor. But they talked all the branches into doing this. They all agreed to do it. I just feel like if. If you're going to do, I, I understand the idea of theoretically bringing in something more important to show that it's all inclusive, but obviously that was not. That correct. didn't work. I mean, why not do you know the the categories that have fewer kind of prominent supporters? You know, sound editing, sound design. How many times a year do we talk about? You know, most people don't know the distinction between the two. And they should combine them. They yeah. should just combine them and make it one award. I totally agree with that idea. Yeah, That's there's just so much more that could be done time. here. And yeah. is it really true that the length of this show matters so much when it comes to ratings? Or are they just trying, that's what ABC said, so they're just trying to play games? Well, they also, you know, in his letter, Bailey was talking about how late it is on the East Coast and how, you yeah, know, there's we'll a lot of stuff going on with ABC that has to do with their getting their, their uh, ads in for shows that are coming later and all these financial aspects of this that they're all getting hung up about. There used to be a time when the Academy could stand its, on its two feet, hold its ground and, and have some leverage. But right now they are desperate. They don't want to lose ABC. They don't want to lose the money that comes from ABC because they're up against the wall with the Academy Museum and all the money that's costing them. And it's putting them in a financially risky position. And then, so so this, so this is one thing that a lot of people have noticed. Like the, the track that got on social media, it extended beyond industry people. This was, a, this was kind of a news story. But then the other thing that's just been out in the open for weeks now is that there's no host. So who's pushing the ceremony along anyway? I mean, it's going to be like the invisible hands kind of a thing. But I well, how other do we- ceremonies do it, and I think they can be smart about about that. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how how it works with just presenters. And and by the way, if you think about it, you know there are plenty of. Um, sections of the Oscars where you're not really paying any attention to the host. It's just presenters, 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 you know, you can, you can do it. Um, yeah. I mean, the BAFTAs, you know, they take a lot of the categories out of the BAFTAs too. I don't want that to happen. What they do at the end of the BAFTAs was better than what they do in some of the other shows, but it still feels like they're clumping a bunch of things together in short form. Right. And nobody, nobody talks about that broadcast in the same way, but, uh, why would somebody even want to tune into the Oscars this year? Let's imagine you're just a g- generic moviegoer type who watches some TV. What is your primary lure? It's not the promise of three hours. It's certainly no, not the promise of no host. Is. This year, they're going to do better than they've done in years. Maybe there are a couple of people who are pissed off at them and want to, you know, that has a lot to do with the people who are, are on film Twitter. But I will say that... This year, they've got Bohemian Rhapsody, A Star is Born, Black Panther, Black Clansman, and even Roma, which has been shown in 190 countries around the world and seen by incredible numbers of people for a foreign film. And they are all rooting for their winners. They are rooting for Rami Malek or whoever it is, Christian Bale, whoever it is. And and they're going to tune in to have rooting interest in a race that's wide open. I don't believe necessarily that it's just Roma versus Green Book. I mean, that is the conventional wisdom. 
But you talk to people and they say, hey, I'm voting for Black Panther. Well, I saw Black, Black Panther people. on the cover of EW this week for its Oscar issue. And, I, and, it, and it, just the other day, and I was thinking about this. I mean, it, if you are going to play that that preferential balloting game and talk about, you know, what gets onto that number two or number three slot a lot, those three could be vying in that respect. But there I agree. could also be a lot of Roma supporters who don't necessarily like Green Book or Green Book supporters who thought Roma was boring. And then Black Panther gets that, you know, sort of like the happy medium in that respect. Well, Black Panther has what I always thought Black Panther has, but I think um, people have come around to it now. Um, I mean, it didn't get the nominations that it should have gotten in order to be a true best picture contender. It's missing a lot of the important ones, including uh, acting, but it is the movie that holds up really well as the kind of movie the Academy wants to have represented. And, and that's what I think could be a, a, a surprise. I still think it's a possibility. I honestly, 10 nominations for Roma, lots of wins across the board, lots of acceptance and, and believability there. I think it could well be Roma. Green Book would surprise me, but there are other people in my job who think Green Book is a slam dunk. So what do I know? Well, Green Book, it's, it's, I mean, Green Book is the obvious kind of traditional Oscar contender relative to the other two we're talking about, one of which is a foreign language film that rarely gets this kind of traction. And it's an anomaly because of Netflix. But the blockbuster is an anomaly too to have this kind of traction. So no, they had Titanic has had tra tra traction, and That's Lord of the Rings has had traction. Very different. Has had traction. These are these are you know whatever that Ridley Scott Gladiator had traction. These are movies that that totally united an enormous group of people around the world to to root for them. And I'm trying to say that this is the first year in a long time that that is what get, will get people to watch the Oscars, not the host, not the controversy, which is relatively bubble oriented. Um, I think that that is what could save the Oscars. I, I hope you're right because I do want the Oscars to be well watched for the purposes of the Academy and institution that I, I do have a lot of respect for, but I, I don't see the data on the basis of say, what happened with Titanic, which was a very specific cultural phenomenon. Like just because people tuned in because of the Titanic factor, I don't see how that translates to, well, everybody's rooting for Black Panther, which, I mean, that's that's, that's not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there was a time when more people across a wider range of demos tuned into the Oscars because they were all rooting for big movies that everybody had seen. And that in the last few years, there have been a lot of small movies that fewer people have seen that have been the ones that are tipped to win. And when you know that everybody thinks, you know, Spotlight's going to win, maybe you're not interested in Spotlight. Maybe you're interested in something else. This year, there's a larger group of movies that everybody that in the old fashioned sense across the board, the people who like Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson like Black Panther and and A Star is Born. You know, this, raises a, this raises an interesting marketing question, which is, OK, so that, that logic holds that more people are, are seeing these movies and invested in them so they would want them to do well. But are those people aware as has the Oscars been marketed in a way that makes people aware that this is something worth tuning into because they really like these movies? How much are people really aware of the possibility that 
that Black Panther movie they really loved or the Bohemian Rhapsody movie they really loved. Those are things that could be a part of well, their the media viewing. broadcasts far and wide on Oscar nominations morning, what all the Oscar nominees are, every single outlet across the country, all the news outlets, all the different, you know, PR appearances that are going on, the Regina King stories, the Yalita Aparicio stories, the, the, the different uh, stories about, you know, Spider-Verse, which is a huge hit too, by the way, another one. Yeah, I mean, there's an that. enormous barrage of publicity out there right now in advance of the Oscars. And the Oscars are, are one of the biggest award shows uh, of the year, if not um, as big as the Super Bowl. But it is a uniter. It is possible to have a lot of people tune into it. It, it may not be as big as it used to be. There's a lot of fragmentation. There, the, the, the networks aren't the monoliths that they once were. I don't necessarily trust ABC to be making all the right decisions and calls on this, by the way. I wish the Academy was standing up to them and being tougher about it and not caving on this three-hour thing, which may have been, by the way, a mistake. It may be that they're now realizing how difficult it is to keep it to three hours. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it, and maybe that's not only is it is it that not worth the effort, but right. you know it, it's been going away. What have they lost as a result of yeah. this? What pyrrhic victory will they have if they make you know they make the three hours right? So in any case, uh, last week we were talking about the acting races. How does everything else stand right now? Because this is truly the end game at this point ballots by the next time we record voting will have closed so what's left to happen what more sabotaging of green book could could take place over the next five days well you know what Poor else can, green book what know, else can spike lee do to, to, to so gain they, best director well track? i love that moment um on um on trevor noah <laughs> which went you know went viral this he, uh, he straight out asks him, you know, for the, about the parallels with driving Miss Daisy and do the right thing. And now is another movie with two people in a car. You know? And Spike just goes, he wants Zion, you know, <laughs> you know, he's not, he just jumps to sports with that impish smile. I respect the degree to which uh, Spike Lee has restrained himself during this campaign. We know Spike Lee. We know what he's really thinking. And, and, <laughs> and he's not saying it. He's not it saying cross, it, man. He's not going to get drawn in. Well, the question is just how much unloading are you going to get when this guy gets his 90 seconds on stage or however long it is? Assuming yeah, that's a risk. Win. That's a risk. And, and here's, we're going back. How did they alienate their own membership to this degree how did they mess this up you know that they didn't bring them along and get them to understand this has been going on this thing isn't news that the actual categories is what was news it was the way it built on social media that became the problem well that could either be something you can work to, into your advantage or right. and your enemy and and i think That's on right. some level it's just there there's there's a disconnect between how the academy operates, how ABC operates. I mean, you can't just give the Oscars to ABC and have them run the whole thing. But clearly, which they have not done. Right. They have not 
literally done that, but in effect, they're doing it. They're 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 almost like blackmailing them. I mean, it's essentially that's that's what it is because of this very expensive contract that's allowing them to open their museum and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so what I was going to say before is that Tom Brueggemann, right? Well, also Iger, is, the head of Disney, is one of the biggest fundraisers for the museum. He owns ABC. So although there are a lot of conspiracy theories going on to some extent. Yes, the Academy is now in thrall to uh, Disney and, and ABC, but and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be, and they are. Um, and then, but, but the other theory is that they're streaming for the first time. They're going to have a live stream, and they needed to have a couple of contenders that were big enough so that people would want to tune into the live stream. And when they do turn and tune into the live stream, what they're really experimenting with, because of course Disney Plus is coming up right? They're experimenting with what kind of uh, data they can collect, who tunes in, how long do they tune in. The, 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 you know, Disney has a whole nother ball game now going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, we don't really know exactly what the Disney Plus game is. What if they want the Oscars review? to be on their platform? Yeah, it could be like a live stream thing or something. Maybe the, like days, of, maybe the days of a global uh, you know, telecast are, are, are over. Well, I'm not saying that, they're over yet, but they could be. Well, in some ways it would be even better because if you're launching a plus streaming platform in a lot of different places where you may or may not get, you know, a broadcast signal that, that you do have good Wi-Fi, then maybe that, that'll be a better way to watch it anyway. Yeah, but, but it's like, the you know, the whole thing with the Olympics and the BAFTAs, which always make me crazy, is that you you have all these different platforms uh, broadcasting or streaming these things in different time frames and all these, uh, you know, winners are, are, are out there, but you can't, you know, you, you don't want to see them. You want to watch them in the edited form. You know, it, you don't. I want everything live. But there's the BAFTA people held off their uh, award show for hours and edited it and everything. Meanwhile, all of us are obsessively figuring out what won what without being able to see the show. And then they were letting all the clips come out on Twitter so that you actually, by the time, <laughs> by the time I saw the show, which I dutifully watched, I'd seen everything already. Yeah, that's a bit of a disconnect there. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the other thing that will happen here, obviously, they'll tweet the winners but, from but, the you know, based breakers. on that. Yeah, and which is all well and good for for some of us, but but not for a lot, not for everybody. And it's, you better it's not, not be on film Twitter during the awards, I mean, or, or or you'll you'll know who the winners are well, before they're aired. Yeah, right. But, but the other thing is, it's like that's it's just not the same thing for the winners themselves. I, the thing that I think it's interesting about that the streaming possibility here. Well, there there are a couple of things. One is that you know Disney has a vested interest in other things like the movies that it's pushing. So Black Panther plus Disney, there's an interesting kind of a question there about you know exactly how much you know the they stand to benefit from say if this was on a streaming platform and they're pushing a thing where something they produced could actually win an Oscar. You know, it almost feels like there's there's too much control going on there but also so if the streaming thing is what's really important here we will the the ratings will only tell us a small piece of the story and so it's not maybe fair 
to make any kind of conclusions about whether or not this telecast was successful on the basis of the ratings that we get after they're it experimenting this year in more ways than one well, but I mean, usually after i think that's okay and i think they should be upfront about it and i just think john bailey the academy president is singularly ill-equipped to handle with the communications needs of our age. This has been and proven many times over. do not me. want this guy to be the one in charge. The best popular film thing was another example. I mean, there's just like a lot of cases where, where the, the messaging was off, the solutions were not right. I mean, and look, I would not expect, not to be condescending, but I would not expect the He blamed the press. But he, I, blamed, he blamed well, us. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like to do that these days, and that's that's their their you know, they're, they're, they're right to, to say things that are incorrect in that sense. And, and perhaps it is a new feeling for somebody like that to suddenly be a, a public figure under the scrutiny of the press and, and not everyone reacts to that well. Also, I would not expect a cinematographer to naturally be great at managing the needs of an organization that does something like this. I mean, where, he would not, if this was a job listing he would not qualify, and a lot of other people wouldn't either who are Academy members. So they really need to be careful when they choose who's in charge to look at, you know, exactly how they're bringing their kind of real-world abilities to a job that requires a very specific set of, of things that they need to happen. But, you know, if the ratings go up, that might point to an even bigger story, which is just how many people are also watched it online. And I think it would be in the interest of Disney to maybe reveal some of that information, but the, that side of things is always so opaque. I would it's say, hard to tell. you know, hard to tell if, what they're really up to. Give I, mean, us some I, data, I, loved, I loved Tom's theory, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. There's a lot of conspiratorial stuff floating around about exactly what's going on with Disney plus. So there's no reason to add this particular sliver of it. Not that. Meanwhile, by the way, the TCAs were going on and, um, uh, this is when all the different um, networks and uh, premium cable channels and so forth uh, put up their their big shows and do you know sort of song and dances and you get uh, the press gets access to some of the the people in charge and I was fascinated to to note that Amazon um, and Jennifer Salky are actually putting forth a rather uh, different uh, picture of what uh, Amazon's theatrical uh, footprint's gonna be and how flexible the deals were that they made at Sundance. Remember everybody was sort of astonished at the $46 million buying spree that, that they went on. But um, some of those movies may not be released theatrically apparently. And yeah, it's uh, an open I find question. that fascinating. Yeah, it's an open question because let's say that there is something there that could be worth, uh, worth putting into theaters, how much leeway do they have to evolve you look at what happened well they've been playing by the 90-day window but look at very, going to cinemacon which is coming up in april they're going to have to answer a lot of questions that'll be to awkward given, given how they have messaged themselves there as, as sort of as, as very pro theatrical in the past but what i was saying was so if you look at something like first reformed which was originally going to be essentially a day and date thing through a24's deal with direct tv it was playing really well at festivals and stuff so they changed their strategy and made it more of a theatrical play so you look at that what if amazon goes into this arena where they're buying stuff and saying no we're going to put this uh, you know only on on amazon prime or something well what if it does suddenly show some real evidence that it could be a huge theatrical hit are they going to be willing to experiment 
like that? Or are they just going to get locked into certain kinds of patterns where, you know, a movie that like, let's, uh, let's say Britney runs a marathon may or may not be a big hit in theaters, but we won't know because they committed to do it a certain way and there's no flexibility there. I think flexibility is a good thing. And I actually think that it's going to be very interesting if the exhibitors are not just railing against Netflix, but also Amazon or Apple or, I mean, in other words, Silicon Valley is now a real presence and how they handle the windows, if it's just not, if it's more than one player, how are the theaters going to deal with that? It's, it's a very, also, by the way, recently, let's see if I can get this straight. Roma is an Oscar contender. And there were uh, a number of uh, Oscar contenders playing in theaters around the country. And there were also a number of short films playing in theaters around the country. And some of the chains, which, which are, by the way, have nothing to do with 90 days, have nothing to do with ex exhibition windows. They're just playing ahead of the Oscars. Even so, the chains that wouldn't play Roma still wouldn't play Roma, you know? So it wouldn't give it that Oscar status. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games going on with the exhibitors in terms of how how they're handling uh, the disruption from these companies. It is, as ever, a, to a total mess of competing interests. So it'll, I'm sure you can't wait to get on the ground in Vegas. I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be super uh, challenging. Um, you know, they... they how do I explain the, the exhibitors? Some of them are smart. Some of them are really knowledgeable. A lot of them are catching up with digital, but they really don't seem to um, want to deal with, uh, with the reality of what's coming. So next week, voting will have closed, which means that we don't have to worry about any kind of campaigning, but it will be our final chance to really look at what the past year has been in terms of Oscar season and make some final predictions just to see how much people stand to lose in their voting in their Oscar pools because what an unpredictable season it's been. But uh, until then, Anne, I hope that you are as engaged as I am uh, about, about this uh, final kind of crawl to the finish line because it is an end that is definitely in sight. And, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how things shake down. So I'll talk. Well, to you we're going to do our predictions next week. Yes, indeed, we will.